Hello, 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 family. Good evening. Good evening to all of you out there. Um, we are so excited to be before you today. Um, we have a special Kaya uh, tonight. Tonight we're going to be dealing with grace and mercy. And I don't know about you or anybody else, but if you can see the tagline on my name, I need all the grace that I can get. I don't know about you, but I need all the grace that I can get. Um, I myself am Minister Jeffrey Stevenson. I am one of the leads of Kaya. And so we just certainly want to welcome each of you here tonight. Tonight we're going to have some fun. We're going to have some fun, but we're also going to have some serious fun, you know, because, you know, a lot of times we deal and we talk about grace and mercy and we kind of combine the two. And so tonight we're going to kind of take those apart, kind of dissect them, uh, but we're also going to have some serious fun while we do it. So if you're all ready, I'm, I'm ready. Let's get into it. So I'm going to introduce my co-host and let, well, in, bring her in and let her introduce herself, uh, Miss Ashley. Hey, Miss Ashley, Grace and Mercy. Yes, I am Ashley, Grace and Mercy follows me. If y'all know what I know. I have to thank God for that. Hallelujah. <laughs> but Amen. yes, I'm so glad to be here tonight. Can't wait to have some fun and some serious fun. We're going to talk about it. And let's talk about it. All right. And then we also have our very own pastor with us as well. Um, and we're going to let him introduce himself. Hey, good, good evening, everybody. I'm a product of Grace and Mercy. Uh, it is so great to have you all to join us and I am excited about uh, the conversation we're going to have this evening talking about grace and, and mercy and uh, I think that's something that all of us have to be thankful for heading into this Thanksgiving uh, celebration. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So we certainly want to thank each of you, as I said, for coming on with us. We're going to go ahead and jump right into it. I did bring, I wasn't able to put it on, but I did bring my product of grace shirt because I am, like many of you, I am a product of grace. So we're going to jump into some fun right now, and we're going to see about something. We're going to play a little game before we get started, and I'm going to let Ashley introduce this game to you all. Yes. Okay. So we've got a game. It's called lord have mercy so we are going to look at some stuff that's been going on around our country some crazy stuff and see you know if we need to if the lord should give some mercy Since just know this is not legal advice <laughs> <laughs> this is not legal advice disclaimer put it we have to get yeah, a disclaimer yeah, put a disclaimer this is not any legal advice yes and we this actually don't we don't actually know if the Lord has extended mercy or not to these people, but what do you think? And we're going to um, look in the comments and see. So please respond. Tell me what y'all think. Should they have, should God, or should we give mercy? Should the Lord give mercy to these people? So the first topic, the first one up is woman duped husband into believing he had Alzheimer's and stole over 600 thousand dollars over many years the police say so she believed that convincing him that he had alzheimer's disease would prevent him from going to the bank ultimately to discover the low balances on his accounts police claim so a connecticut woman she's been arrested and because she has defrauded her husband out of six hundred thousand dollars 
over the course of 20 years. She convinced him that he had Alzheimer's disease to cover up the alleged theft. Following months of long, uh, months long investigation, um, she was arrested in October by the East Haven Police Department, and it said um, said by a press release obtained by the People by People Magazine. She was charged with first degree larceny and third degree forgery. Through the investigation, it was determined that Ms. Marino would forge her husband's signature on his pension checks, social security checks, workers' compensation settlements, and other legal documents before depositing the funds into a secret bank account without his knowledge, police claimed into the release. So my thoughts, they married. I thought when we married, your money is my money. My money is your money. So did she really steal the money? What say ye the congregation? I see Shantez Davis said that's his fault. So I guess he ain't extending no grace. <laughs> no grace on the mercy. <laughs> uh, so the question is then, are, are you extending grace? Right. Are you extending mercy? Okay, so... Um, for for me, I, that's what we're gonna have to find. See, this is what Dr. Scott. We should have had the teaching first, so we could find out the two between the grace and the mercy. Because I feel like I might give one, but I might not give the other. So I might give some, I might give some mercy, but the grace, I don't know. It's gonna depend upon how my bank account looks. So I, <laughs> I, I guess it comes into play when she said, when she didn't tell him, like she she deposited these counts into a secret account so i guess that's where she went wrong but i don't know y'all married let the church say lord have mercy on this i believe <laughs> <laughs> i don't know should we uh, i mean do we give her a little a life a little life jacket of of grace in the sea do we let her drown in the sea I don't know. Thank God. Shantez says, thank God. Grace doesn't have to come from us. Thank you. are right about that. Thank God. Right. The wife lied and was deceitful. That's where I took that at, Miss Karen. That's what I said. So, but at the end of this, at the end of this game, at the end of our teaching lesson, these are the things that we really want you all to be thinking about as we just present these out here. Because at the end of the teaching lesson, you're going to have to go back and revisit these questions for yourself about grace um, and mercy. Terry did say she didn't have permission and he had no knowledge. She deserved both, but she also needs to make it right. Lord, not have mercy, but Lord, have mercy. Somebody said thank God for Thanksgiving coming up. Thank God for uh, her leading him to have an illness is worse than her stealing. That's what I said. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm already not always right, but at least, you know, I would like for my wife not to contribute to that factor. So <laughs> defrauding, like I guess that's the defrauding, you know, telling him that he got Alzheimer's. That's yeah, that ain't right. That wasn't right. Ah, she gets grace, but he did fall for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I told y'all we were gonna have some fun tonight before we got into the serious side of it. All right. So we all have right, our our next one. Our next one is six-year-old. Um, yes, yeah, six-year-old racked up over sixteen thousand dollars on his mom's credit card. 
So, well, someone has made the naughty list. Six-year-old George secretly racked up more than $16,000 in the Apple App Store charges for his favorite video game, Sonic Forces. I don't know y'all parents out there. Y'all better watch. Better watch y'all Apple Pays. Because <laughs> this little boy was playing Sonic Forces and somehow uh, racked up this credit card to more than $16,000 leaving his mom in shock. While working from home during the pandemic, um, a Connecticut real estate broker, um, <laughs> Jessica, <laughs> Jessica 41, didn't realize the younger of her two sons had gone on a shopping spree on her iPad. Over the month of July, her son bought and added boosters, starting with $1.99 red rings, moving up to $99.99 gold rings mm. that allowed him access to new characters and more speed spending hundreds of bucks at a time on july on july 9th the day when jessica was working in the next room there were 25 charges totaling over 2500 dollars it's like my six-year-old was doing um drugs and was doing bigger and bigger hits she joked as her first uh, of her first grader when Jessica discovered Apple and PayPal were withdrawing heavy, hefty sums, $562 here, $600 there from her Chase account, she assumed it was a mistake or fraud and called the bank. Confused with the unitemized charges, the way the charges get bundled made it almost impossible to figure out they were from a game, she said. Still clueless that it was her son's doing, Jessica filed a fraud claim in July when her bill reached $16,293.10. But it wasn't until October that she was told by Chase that the charges were indeed hers and she needed to contact Apple. She realized that her son was only, it was her son only when she reached out to Apple and was walked through the buried running list of charges. You wouldn't have known, you would not, excuse me, you wouldn't know how to find it without someone directing you, Jessica said. When she saw the Sonic the Hedgehog icon, she knew it was her son. <laughs> Apple said, tough. They told me that because I didn't call within 60 days of the charges, they couldn't do anything about it. The reason I didn't call within the 60 days, it wasn't because Chase told me it was likely fraud that Apple and PayPal our top, our top fraud charges. Jessica got no sympathy from customer service, even after confessing that she wouldn't be able to pay her family's mortgage. They're like, that. there's the setting you should have known, she recalled. And she said, um, to end it all, I may have to force my kid to pay me back in 15 years when he gets his first job. Mm. $16,000. I mean, I don't have any kids yet, so I don't know what that's like. But I, I be watching some of these parents be letting their kids hold their phones and their iPad. And I just wonder, you know, do y'all have the settings on there? Have y'all told y'all kids, you know, don't be buying stuff? And half the time, you know, he was six. He might not have been, you know, understanding that he was buying all that much money. I mean, they really don't have a concept of, you know, money at that age. So can we give little man some grace? Listen, I'm looking at these comments. There's there's a little bit of grace. 
But I'm gonna tell you now, I'm from, I'm from the, I might be from Murder Beach, but I'm from the countryside of Murder Beach. And just so y'all know, Grace might have been given, but Mercy would have been given with the door closed. Just so <laughs> with the door closed. Uh oh. Listen, sixteen thousand dollars. I mean, I ain't gonna say what Bosco is saying in these comments, but um, I think uh -oh. we can all see it coming up on the screen. No, Bosco went in, didn't he? Yeah. Bosco went in. Bosco was like, "Yeah, that's that's um, that's, uh -oh. that's yeah, that's yeah." I don't yeah, see he, Bosco's, but I see Chantez. He says, "Sounds like something my girls would do." It was an accident. Give that baby some grace and a side of mercy. That's how I feel. Like he, but I don't know. That ain't happened to me. Ain't nobody takes sixteen thousand dollars out of my account. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but I just feel like, oh, it was an accident. Camille said the child gets neither. I can't say what the child really deserves. I'm. I don't know. I. Yeah. I don't know. I, that's. Yeah. Miss Karen says a little grace, but you have enough sense to turn off the payment settings. That is really where I think that lesson probably should be. So as far as the parent goes, they may have to ask them give themselves some grace. But uh, we have somebody else that said nobody. <laughs> <laughs> He don't get no grace. <laughs> I, I was trying to find an article, but I was reading it years ago about some kids that did the same thing, racked up the bill like super, super high. But the dad was like, well, I'm going to show them. I remember they it was a picture and they were at the gas station and they was washing windows for a dollar to pay their dad back. And I felt I was like. Oh, that's so sad. I definitely would have had to wash my window. But the dad was just sitting there over there in his car like, mm-hmm, they racked up that credit card. And so, no, y'all got to pay that back. They got to learn this concept of money. And they was like eight years old. So, again, I don't think these kids don't be really having the concept of money and, like, where that money comes from and right. how it yeah. paid for. Like, you people got to go to work. <laughs> Let that be a lesson. Teach them early. Teach them early. So I know. Scott, Scott right. do you ever tell do you ever tell chairs, girl, I got to go to work so we could, you know, buy this buy this stuff for you so you can have this these things. Yeah. Uh, she, she, she is she's learning that. Um um uh, and and I think part of, of our issue is that we have to do major deconstruction whenever she goes to stay with one of our parents. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so you know, they give her anything that she wants, and then when she comes home, um, it's not grace and mercy; it's more of repentance. <laughs> oh, <no>. oh, no. <laughs> oh, Lord, baby's repenting. Yeah, we have to, we have to have her to repent every now and then. <laughs> You got to add a word in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's it's, but 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 I think that with with that child, that child, I'm, I agree with you, Ashley, has no concept of what they're doing. Um, they don't know the value of money, and they don't know the value of a lot of things that go along with that. So um, um, th th that is the opportunity for both grace and mercy to be demonstrated with some teaching. And, and it becomes a teachable moment. Um, I don't think that child will ever do that again, though. I show uh, hope if, if 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 it was processed properly, right? right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Process. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. Jeff. You and Mary got to have a talk with Isaac. You know, uh, we have we have, and we learned it 
kind of from the hard way, just we, we had the Amazon. He finally is able to talk to Alexa where Alexa can understand him at four years old. And so he ordered a song, and, and I saw the song. So I book, you know, I'm like Shantez. I put those locks on that real quick. Yeah, real quick. And it wasn't even a song he listened to. He just happened to, Alexa heard what it heard, and it ordered a song. So, it yeah, we put <laughs> Yeah, I'm not putting anything in my in my house that can respond to something just by me talking to it. Right. I barely do use Siri on my phone. Uh uh-uh. uh. Yes, I understand. All right. The last last one. This is I don't know. I we have posted it to our um Instagram and we had a lot of comments on it. So I wanted to know what y'all thoughts was. So this is Long Island man who hasn't paid his mortgage in over 20 years. Earlier, the one that I posted, he had he dodged eviction um, at that time. But most recently, the judge has finally evicted this guy because he did not qualify under the COVID protections um, because he is an illegal squatter and not a renter. So that loophole um closed up for him but let's let's talk about it so the long island man who hadn't paid his mortgage in more than 20 years got at this time got another free pass with the courts this week after hiring a new lawyer um he hadn't coughed up a dime to live in his east meadow home since making making a single oh man this man made a single mortgage payment in 1998 so This man paid one payment, but ducked eviction for decades by filing lawsuits and bankruptcies record show. The home, which was foreclosed on years ago, is now owned by Diamond Ridge Partners, which hauled um, the the renter into court in in a bid to finally boot him from the property. At a Wednesday hearing at a Nassau County court, the judge agreed to delay the case after renter, renter's attorney, William Friedman, requested more time claiming his counsel, his co-counsel had been hired the day before. This is the last of approximately 40 attorneys who have appeared on the eve of the hearing for the renter. This is very typical of the defendant, <laughs> the recycles lawyers. He recycles lawyers to buy himself more time. So that was another thing. Oh my goodness. So he was getting new lawyers. And every time he got a new lawyer, the lawyer was able to ask for extension. So <laughs> that was crazy. So in the court hearing, Freeman accused, um, well, it says scandalous language, blah, 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 reached by phone after appearance, he declined um, available to interview. So long story short, this man didn't pay his mortgage in 23 years. And he was able to do that I guess somewhat legally, I don't know. Um, but he finally was evicted. I mean, I want to say good, good for the bank, good for the law. Finally, get this man up out of here. But I, I'm not gonna lie, I am impressed. <laughs> I, I want to figure out what was his master class because this man made one payment, y'all. He made a single payment on his mortgage. And back in 1998, that is crazy. I, I don't, I don't know how he did it. Should we give him? Does he get grace? Does he get mercy? What say you? All right. Well, I tell you what. We in our comments we have somebody <laughs> that was a blessing. 
uh, how could he afford an attorney, but not the mortgage? <laughs> and then uh, somebody that's with you, Ashley. So what did you give him? Did you, would you give Grace or Mer what is? I'm saying if he did this legally, he gets mercy. He did. I Somebody mean, said they wonder if he paid his time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think he can pay. That'd be interesting. Maybe he paid his ties, and in the paying of the ties, it helped him get through. Maybe that's what it no, was. That, that not, no, no, that, that is. No, that is. What did the Bible say? The Bible says something about you know. We ain't gonna put that. We ain't gonna put that on the Lord. Uh, right giving, right giving, and right living gives you the blessing. Not right giving and, and ratchet living. Ratchet living. Ratchet. Right. Ratchet living. Ratchet. 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 I, that's a new one. I'm with you on that, Pastor. Yeah. Uh, right giving and ratchet living. That's the new one, y'all. Y'all heard that. You can't do both. You can't do both. No. He, you got to render unto somebody. He said. <laughs> He wasn't rendering. No, I don't. No, I, you know, because this is somebody you got to think of. To me, he don't. He doesn't get because this is somebody who is paying. This is somebody else that you are taking money from. You know, if I'm a, I mean, if he I'm took a, it from the some, banks. But no, at first he was. It was a renter. At first he was. He was renting. He was renting oh. from somebody, oh. and they foreclosed. Why did they foreclose? Because they're having to pay a mortgage because you're not paying. So now I'm paying my mortgage and this mortgage. And now I can't even pay my bills because I'm paying your bills and you in here squatting. Yeah, that's I, no, he ain't, no, he ain't getting highly, nothing. I ain't gonna lie, I would be highly ticked off. And also think your your bank rates are determined by the money that is put out on the street. So when people do things like that, then your rates increase because of things like this. So in actuality, he's getting over on you. So I'll let you I I'll see you look, next series. <laughs> pastor, <laughs> next that, pastor that'll preach. Come on, y'all. Y'all knew he was wrong. Yeah, he was wrong. He was wrong. Pastor, what you say? He was wrong, right? He was wrong. Yeah. yeah. He, he, yeah. He's living wrong. Yeah. I, the comments that I'm seeing in the chat are, are really blessing me in, in, a very, <laughs> in a very incredible way because it's really demonstrating um, that here, here is where we have to wrestle with life uh, situations and um, make choices and, and based upon the choices that, that we make, because most of the time we know when we're doing something that, that is immoral or, right. or, or at least legal, but unethical. Right. And uh, you can, you can, you can, you can do stuff that is legal, but it, it, it could be immoral. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that we have to, as followers of Jesus Christ really wrestle with, um, with that, you know, can I get by with this legally, but is it really the right thing to do? Everything that is legal ain't necessarily right or moral. Right. So th that's, that's where we have to really wrestle with um, where we are. And then that's where we can apply the, the, uh, the grace and, and mercy aspect as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm giving mercy. I didn't give everybody a life jacket today. Everybody gets a life jacket. Everyone, you know, gets gets a little mercy. And I guess, and I come from a place. I know I don't do everything right. <laughs> Wait, hold it. And notice how she notice how she tried to put that innocent face. I'll do everything. Right. How she, 
Look how she put that in her face. Is that what you do? To, is that how you do, Brother Rosier? That's what I was oh, just about God. to say, Pastor. I was about to say that, Pastor. I was, oh, you know. <laughs> Gets them every time. Oh, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> but no, let's see. Oh, Ruby says he's taken from all taxpayers and your future children. That's true, Ruby. That's true. He wasn't right. He was not right. But okay, so that was some fun. Thank y'all for playing. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> but let's get in down. Let's get down to the thick of it. Dr. Scott, let's talk about grace and mercy. Like I said, a lot of times we like to use them interchangeably, but they're not the same. Talk to us. Give us the definitions of grace, the difference between grace and mercy. Talk to us. Well, first of all, let me let me thank you all for um, presenting this this challenge um, to me and and this conversation. And and it is a challenge in the sense that you're right, uh, Sister Ashley, that we do use grace and mercy interchangeably. However, uh, when you look at what those words really mean and how you process them from the perspective of God and how you deal with it theologically, they're totally different. And so to use them interchangeably, um, unfortunately, uh, takes away from how we can appreciate both grace and mercy. And that's why, you know, I got under my caption, I am a product <laughs> of both grace and, and mercy. So let's here, here's a basic definition of grace and mercy. Grace is God giving us unmerited favor, unmerited favor. In other words, God gives us stuff that we don't deserve. Mercy is when God withholds punishment that we do deserve. That's the basic gist of it. Grace is when God gives us unmerited favor. God just showers us with stuff that we didn't even work for, that we didn't earn, like salvation. Whereas mercy is when God withholds that uh, the punishment that we deserve. Uh, And here's what I want to throw into, if I could, the gumbo, uh, as far as tonight is concerned, Ashley. Grace and mercy are two sides of the same coin. And that coin is love. Okay. Okay. Let me say that again. Grace and mercy are two sides of the same coin. And that coin is love. And I think that in our human interactions, we kind of see that, uh, particularly from our parents, that there are times when we do some things, you know, that they told us not to do. And instead of them punishing us uh they show us mercy um and then there are times when when people uh when they just give us things and bless us with things just because they love us and that's and that's their grace but it comes from a posture and a position and a personality of love let me say it again a posture a position and a personality of love um the posture when we're talking about the posture of love, the posture of love is one of humility. Uh, the position of love is grounded in righteousness. The personality of love is based upon spiritual movement and development in that person's life that allows for them to extend both grace and, and mercy. 
And so we see grace and mercy in full effect in the person of Jesus Christ. Um, and, and, and I think that one of the, the Psalms that, that, that come to my mind is Psalm 145, uh, mm -hmm. verse eight and nine, the Lord is gracious. That's mm -hmm. grace and full of compassion. That's mercy, slow to anger and great mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies over all of his works. So, so even in the old Testament, we see grace and mercy as being the two sides of God. And, and really I would even say that grace and mercy are the two hands of God. <laughs> uh, and, and it's how God handles not only humanity, but how God handles God's creation. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how I, I, I would, I would, I would phrase that. So, so mercy is pity and, and, and grace is favor. And, you know, we like to say favor ain't fair, but when I think about it, neither is mercy. <laughs> yeah. Which you just explained this grace and this mercy. Um, the, the word blessed always comes to mind right now is Thanksgiving. We see I got my little blessed little name plates everywhere all over the house. And um, I, some people, you know, are uncomfortable with this word blessed or, you know, favor, that kind of thing. And they talk about I mean, it's like you said, it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes it's, it's something that we don't earn. And I think about, you know, different situations that we might have been in that, you know, for example, for me, I know I remember just getting on a job and the company downsized like two weeks after I started. And so everybody had more experience than me. Um, I had not been on this job. I was a new graduate. I had not been on this job for two weeks. And instead of them letting me go, they let other people go. So some people don't feel comfortable saying that like I was the blessed one or I was the one that was shown favor compared to somebody else who lost their job. What do you think about that? How, how do we reconcile, you know, favor for me, but unfavor for someone else? You don't because you're not God. Okay. <laughs> so, so, you know, um, the the Paul writes that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord, who are the called according to his purpose. And there are times when we try to insert ourselves into movements of the divine that we don't quite understand. So what you perceive as as grace or, or as favor for for you, uh, God might have been doing something else for somebody else. And what may look like a wrong to you may have been God repositioning that person for something else. So, you know, I think that part of the problem when we look at and try to even appropriate grace and mercy, even in our relationships, uh, a, a lot of times we would say, well, this person don't deserve mercy or this person don't deserve grace. It, it, that, that is when we kind of act like a judge because we don't have all the facts. And I think that's where we have to be very cautious and careful uh, in inserting those particular realities or those particular assignments to someone because we don't know um, the whole story. And, and we don't, you know, those person may have been let go because of maybe in the past work performance wasn't so great 
uh, and things of that sort. So I think that, that we have to be, be relatively um, cautious when we look at other situations and we say, well, why not that person didn't get what they, they uh, uh, I think that person should have gotten something that they didn't get. Um, so I, I think that's how I would respond to that. And in, in that particular vein, I think that is important that you recognize the grace of God for you is <laughs> is the grace of God is the grace of God for you and it might be God doing something else for someone else that demonstrates God's mercy. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Jeff, did you have anything to add to that? Well, no, I was going to read. I, I was going to. I thought we had a question um, in the oh, chat yeah. um, for Pastor said, "Would blessed." Uh, be the act of grace and mercy received. Would blessed, um, well, the, the the word blessed, uh, particularly when we look at it from the New Testament perspective, um, really means happy. So, so even when you read the Beatitudes, where Jesus says, "Blessed is the man," so and so, so and so, blessed, so and so, so and so. When you translate that word in the original Greek, it means happy is the person. So here, here, here's where I want to, if I could, drop this theological anchor for us tonight. Happiness is dependent upon what's happening. Joy comes from God and is spiritual. So watch this. So Oftentimes, going back to, to Sister Ashley's point, that when we talk about I'm blessed, we say I'm blessed based upon what? What's happening. Okay? Got a new house, I'm blessed. Got a new car, I'm blessed. Uh, I kept my job, I'm blessed. Those are happenings. Those are happenings. And unfortunately, many of us base our relationship with the divine upon blessings. So as long as the Lord is blessing me, I'm good. But what happens when things don't go your way? Is God still your God? Uh, what, what, what happens if you don't get the blessings you think you deserve? And unfortunately, a lot of people, particularly in the culture, worship and serve God, not for who God is, but for what God does. And interestingly, since we're heading into Christmas, we treat God more like a cosmic bellhop or Santa Claus than the cosmic rule and creator of the universe. Makes sense. Makes sense. That's good. So next question um, with grace and mercy. So as young adults, I know we were having this conversation about, you know, does this grace and mercy thing run out? Like how many times is God going to like extend this mercy to me or give me this grace, you know, when I keep messing up? Like I, you know, I keep hanging with this wrong crowd or I might have gotten too intoxicated that night. I probably messed around with that guy or that girl that I shouldn't have messed around. I know that I said that I'm saved. I know I want to do better, God, but I keep slipping up. Is it going to come to a point where God is just going to be like, hands off, deal with it yourself? Ooh, wow. That's a, that's a, that's a, ooh. Does it run out? Is what she asked you, Pastor. Does it does it run out? Do we ever? <laughs> so, ah, uh, wow. 
So I see Terry says unconditional, but Terry, that's not true. God's love is unconditional, but grace and mercy are. Let me say that again. God's love is unconditional, but grace and mercy is not. So, so let me, let me, uh, if, if I could lay it down this way. Um, when you read the Old Testament writings, um, and, and Jeff, you've been in seminary, you, you're probably uh, very familiar with this, that there were times when God said, all right, Israel, you all keep turning your back on me. I'm withdrawing, watch this, my favor from you. And what wind up happening is that they got captured by the Philistines. They got captured by the Babylonians. They got captured by the Assyrians. They got captured by the Greeks. They got captured by the Romans. Okay. So, so what wind up happening is that God allowed for them to deal with the repercussions of them turning their back on him. The grace in the, in the situation is that God did not obliterate them. Okay. Now, let, 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 me, let, me, let me give this to you. Let me give this for, to you for free. Do you realize, do you realize that every time, now we talk about grace and mercy running out. Do you realize that every time we sin, that God has the divine right to kill us. Y'all are silent on me. I don't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me say that again. Every time you and I commit a sin in thought, word, deed, or action, God has the divine right to kill us. No questions asked. And who are you going to appeal to? No one. But he doesn't. That's mercy. <laughs> Pastor, you, you got the chat. You got the chat. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's mercy. So, so, so watch it. So we get mercy all the time. More often than we realize. The grace in the matter is, or the favor that God gives us is that God lets us wake up every morning. That's grace. The mercy is that whenever you and I commit a sin in thought, word or deed or whenever we commit the sin of omission, not doing what the Lord told us to do or the sin of commission, doing what the Lord didn't tell us to do. God has the right to strike us dead and he doesn't. That's mercy. And God does that because God loves us, which makes mercy and grace two sides of the same coin. So, so mercy is God withholding punishment I rightfully deserve. Grace is God not only withholding the punishment, but giving me a gift that I don't deserve. So, 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 so let me, if I could, and it's coming to my mind, my, let me, if I could drop some biblical nuggets on you. When mercy was when Isaac was getting ready to, to, to kill, when Abraham was getting ready to kill Isaac and God said, stay your hand. Grace was when God gave him a ram in a thicket. Mercy forgave the prodigal son, but grace was the one that threw the party. Mercy bandaged the wounds of the man that was beaten by the robbers, but grace in the Good Samaritan took care of all of his calls. 
mercy paid the penalty for our sins on a hill called Calvary. And, and it was grace that allowed for us to have the righteousness of Christ for our sins. So, so, so mercy closed the door of hell and grace opened up the door of heaven. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Look at in and that those be the moments, and I think I have posted this on our Instagram when those things start to come to life for you, and how you start to look at you know how God has been operating in our lives, knowing that humble piece that you were talking about, being able to be humble and realizing that. I do not do this thing right every day, but guess what? He still wakes me up every morning. He still gives me the ability to get out of bed, go to work. I know people complain about going to work, but the ability to go to work, come home, have food on my table, have clothes on my back. God gives us all this grace and even the mercy when, you know, I cussed out my my boss because I was so upset with her, but she could have fired me, but I, that didn't happen. Thank you, God. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 if I could, Sister Ashley, even interject this: mercy is when God constantly forgives, and grace is what allows for us to be reconciled back to God. Because you do realize that every time we commit a sin, we break fellowship with God. But because God wants to be in relationship with us, God constantly forgives us. And allows for us to be reconciled. And that really takes place because of the person of Jesus Christ. Now, the question you asked was, does mercy and grace run out? Watch this. So there comes a time that when you read the Bible, and we've probably seen it in our own lives, where the mercy of God will say, okay, you, you were spared once, you were spared twice, you were spared three times, but you, you're going to take this L now. You're going to take this L. That's 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 when mercy kind of stops for a moment. The grace, though, is that God does not totally throw us on the ash heap of hell, that 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 God remains close enough to us. Now, let, let, let me if I could boil this stuff is hitting me, downloading to me like 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 fire right now. There's a passage that 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 is quoted. Um, I, I want to say, um, it's in, um, oh gosh, Jeremiah, 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 uh, 29, 11. You, you've, you've heard this saying, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you says the Lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. You've heard that before. Yeah. You've heard people quote that before, right? Right. Now folks love to quote this but they quote it out of context because Jeremiah is really in the, in the midst of saying, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you says, Lord thoughts of peace and, and not to be able to give you a future and a hope. Jeremiah is telling the children of Israel, listen, y'all might as well go ahead and hunker down, build houses, get married, plant you some gardens. You're going to be in Babylon for 70 years. Babylon was their punishment for turning their backs on God. The grace is found in verse 11, where God said, I ain't through with you yet. That's grace. 
God, y'all got me preaching. I ain't trying to get this work up. The grace of God. See, see, mercy, mercy, mercy was 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 a miracle. God, God in, 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 in Jeremiah 29, God has said, oh, listen, you're going to take this ill. I'm tired of you all committing spiritual adultery. Uh, you, you, you turn your back on me and you only run to me when you need something. And then when I deliver you, you go right back, right back, as my grandmother used to say, right back to worshiping false and idol gods. And, and so you're going to take this ill. Babylon is going to be my chastiser for your sins. The grace is that I still want to be in relationship with you and I still have great things for you, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And the reason that I'm allowing for you to be chastised, to be disciplined, is because I want you to get it right. So, 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 oh, so, so, so here's, here's, here's the thing, Jeffrey and Ashley, that we have to even understand, and I know we ain't going to like this, that God's discipline is a form of mercy. Mm. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's it. That, that God's discipline is a form of mercy. Now, when does mercy and grace run out? when you die because once you die that's it that's it that's it okay makes sense i want to shift the conversation just a little bit right before we get off here because i want to talk about how we extend as you know believers of christ how do we want to extend you know grace and mercy towards ourselves and about into others, you know, cancel, cancel culture is at an all time high, not just with the celebrities, but just the moment that somebody ticked us off, says something that we don't like, and we excommunicate, excommunicate ourselves from this person because they said or did something that I don't like, you know, is that something as believers that we should do? And then also this, you know, this hustle mentality where we're constantly working, have all these side businesses, and then we start to feel this depression, this, you know, this, you know, sadness about not being able to accomplish certain things. So how do we, how do we let the grace and mercy, um, towards ourselves and other people? How do we work that out as, as believers in Christ? So if, if I could, if, if I could, Sister Ashley, let me work, let me take your second question first and, and, and kind of work that backwards. Um, we, we live in, in what I would call a culture of, a culture of entrepreneurship. Um, which is nothing wrong with that. And, and I think that there's nothing wrong for, for people to, you know, find their passion, uh, discover their purpose and even profit from it. Interestingly, <laughs> this kind of plays into my sermon that I'm, I'm going to be dealing with on Sunday, um, talking about uh, overcoming presumption. And um, I think that part of the, of, of the problem is that, we in today's culture equate being with doing. So, so when God created us, 
in God's image and likeness. And when we look at what God did in the Garden of Eden, Garden of Eden, particularly in Genesis chapter two, God created us as human beings, not human doings. Unfortunately, we identify ourselves not by who we be, but by what we do. So when you engage in conversation with someone, the first thing they ask you after they find out what your name is, what do you do? Okay. And um, that's not, that's, that's not a good way for us to define ourselves. So, so some of us really feel, some of us really feel that if we do more, um, that we're really accomplishing and really got it going on and, and, and all this and that. And unfortunately, there, there may come a time when God will strip you of some things to save you. So in, 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 in that vein, I think we have to be very, very careful and, and cautious about it. Now, how do we, how do we extend grace and mercy to, to ourselves and to others? Jesus makes a very profound statement. Um, uh, I want to say in, in, in John, um, I want to say it's, um, you know, John 14 or 16. Um, um, it may be John 14 where John says, where, 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 where Jesus says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And and here is where, when we talk about cancel culture and things of that sort, where we where we miss the boat. I cannot love my neighbor until I love myself, but I cannot really love myself until I love God and know who I am in God. And when I know who I am in God, watch this. It then allows for me to appreciate and love myself. And when I love myself, loving my neighbor is real easy because when I know who I am in God and I see how God treats me, uh, in a very real manner, then it allows for me to extend that same grace and mercy to others that God has extended to me. There is something in the Lord's Prayer that I just want to lift up where Jesus says, you know, he taught his disciples how to pray. And, you know, he said, our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive those uh, as we forgive our debtors or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So part of what we have to understand is that we, if we really want to experience God's forgiveness at a whole nother level, we got to be willing to also extend forgiveness to others. And that comes, watch this, from a place of love. Because nobody can hurt you as much as somebody that you love and that you believe loves you back. And when you engage in grace and mercy, as far as those relationships are concerned, uh, a lot of us, interestingly, 
extend grace and mercy to strangers a whole lot quicker than we will to people who are in our immediate space. I like that you were, I mean, I think you kind of touched in on this, you know, being able to extend that grace and mercy to yourselves and others is predicated on, you know, how you see God and that relationship, drawing that parallel of relationship with God. And how do you see him in that way? Do you see God as being merciful and gracious to you? And if you don't see that, you know, then it's going to be hard for you to extend that to others. And I think so many people, you know, and we talked about it before, you know, get church hurt and they just only see God and Jesus in the realm of being in church where, you know, a pastor or somebody in church did something, you know, that they didn't like. And they think they automatically think that God is that way too, and which yeah. is unfortunate, but they think God is that way where, you know, when I sin, you know, God is displeased. He's mad at me. So I'm going to go run away. You know, he's, he's mad at me. He's not, he doesn't, they, they don't see the, you know, the part where you repent and God is like, okay, I'm throwing that away. I'm throwing it as far as it is from the East to the West. That's done. I don't even remember that no more. And I think a lot of times when people don't have that, like you were saying, don't have that relationship and understand God in that way, then they can't extend it to themselves and others. Wow. And, and yeah, you just preached the gospel right there. And I think, you know, you mentioned about church hurt. Um, um, but let me, if I could, I want to expand that. What about work hurt? Right. And school hurt and family hurt and sorority hurt and fraternity hurt. Why does it just have to be church hurt? Right. I mean, we get hurt, you know, but it's interesting. We keep going to sorority and fraternity meetings keep going to work, keep going to school. But when we talk about church hurt, we stop going to church. Right. So, yeah. so, so that in and of itself really shows a deficiency in spiritual maturity. Right. Um, but, but the other thing is, and I think you really nailed it on the head, uh, Ashley, is that um, when you, when your view of God is small and, um, and you see God as only a disciplinary father rather than as, as a loving father, um, or you see God as someone that's ready to get you in a, I got you now mode, now what? That's not God. Uh, Jesus Christ is really the best example of the movement of God and, and how God really wants to interact with, with, with humanity. And, and, it's, and it's from a position again, of love, and from that position of love, that two-sided coin being grace and mercy. Makes sense. So before we get out of here, that was good, Dr. Scott. That was, I feel like I understand this grace and this mercy, you know, a whole lot better than before, because I know for myself, I was definitely using them interchangeably. But no, I I love that this was a good conversation. I hope that you guys enjoyed this. Um, we look forward to more conversations, but I did want to open it up for, you know, any questions from anybody um, before we get out of here. Does anybody else have any questions about the, the grace and mercy? Uh, um, okay. um, how can we do a godly thing in a human form? Um, I guess the, the question is, um, 
how can we do a godly thing in a human form by having the Holy Spirit in us? Uh, that's how we do godly things. And let me make that plural, godly things in, in human form. Um, so the most godly thing that we can do is love. Um, but it is a love when we talk about the divine love, it is a, a agape love, an unconditional love. And in all of our interactions, as far as relationships are concerned, if it's not undergirded by God's love or agape love, then it becomes corrupt and distorted. If you have romantic love that's not undergirded by God's love, that's puppy love. And that's, that's like friends with benefits. If, if you have friendship love that does not have God's love, then that's just association. If you have family love that doesn't, that's not undergirded by God's love, this Thanksgiving, that's going to be folks getting on your reserve nerve. You're going to be glad to see them and you're going to be glad when they're gone. They ain't even got to help you wash the dishes. Just go. Get. A lot of that's about to take place. A lot of that's about to take place on Thursday. Right. <laughs> no, I like that. That's that's good. I mean, it being undergirded, all these different things being undergirded in God's love. I don't think I've ever seen it like thought about it that way. Um, getting married, so realizing this, you know, this romantic love that I have with my husband and how it's strengthened because of, you know, the love that I have for God and the love that he has for me. It helps me love my husband <laughs> some more when he gets on my nerves. Yeah. I, I can, you know, because, you know, emotionally and, you know, some with humans, you know, he's not going to get it right. I'm not going to get it right all the time, but he still loves me, even though I get on his nerves too. When he leaves his dirty dish in the sink and don't put it in the dishwasher, Call him out. that, that love that I know that, you know, <laughs> I, I so, sometimes I don't do the right thing. And God still loves me anyway. It's the same kind of love I have to extend to my husband. And it's not a, it's not conditioned. I don't just love him when he sends me flowers. I don't just love him when he tells me I'm pretty. I still have to show him that same love when he flushed the toilet or put the seat down. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and first Peter four and eight puts it this way. When, when, when Peter said, uh, love, love will cover a multitude of yes. sins. Um, yeah. You know, when we have love for one another, it, it covers a multitude of sins. And what he means by that, when he says it covers a multitude of sins, he, he's really talking about the fact that, um, you don't get rid of folks and you don't cancel folks because they mess up over right. and over and over again. Um, uh, that, that you keep trying to give them a chance to, to get it right, but you may change some of the dynamics of the relationship in order for them to, to get it right. So, so, so love does not lend itself to consistent abuse right. or misuse. But love always leaves open for the opportunity of reconciliation and restoration when repentance has occurred. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. I don't see any more questions, but uh, they said make him steaks and that's make him steak dinners. That's love. 
<laughs> somebody trying to put in somebody trying to put in a food request. I know. I, I, I feel like he, he. I feel like he texted somebody and said, "Hey, drop this in the chat." Uh, yes. Yeah. No, yes. this has definitely been a great conversation. Yes. Um, you know, and um, as we begin to kind of wind down, Doc, I think you know one of the things that I um, that I've never forgotten is you've said something, and I know who I, I will. I let you say where you got it, but I, I, we have bad theology because we have bad sociology because we have bad psychology, right? And I've heard you say that years ago when you first got to the church, and I've never forgotten that. And and I often think about that. Because when it comes down to my own theology, especially being in seminary, then I have to turn around a lot of times and look at myself and look at how I view things and then that how I relate to others, you know, and because that in turn is also how I relate to the God that I serve. And so, you know, I thank you for your continued teaching because it's moments like tonight, it's moments like then when you first got there for those same words that you pour into us. And that is we're able then to give back out. So we, we certainly want to thank you because I think a lot of people, especially from the comments, a lot of people had this on their mind as well. You know, this is something that, that was needed, you know, um, needed to be talked about. So we certainly want to thank you tonight because I'm going to tell you, you were on fire tonight. Let's yeah, <laughs> you got yeah. You started preaching. You got into the camera. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you yeah, now. You I, had, <laughs> I had to back that thing down. Yes, thank y'all. Thank y'all for coming on here. Thank you, um, Daisy. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Ruby. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Zandria, Bosco, everyone that was in attendance. We look forward to seeing y'all next month. We got some more stuff planned for y'all, some more candid conversations, some more games, all that. So we look forward to seeing you guys again. Somebody go and pray us out. Jeff, Dr. Scott, pray us out. Yeah, yep. you can go and uh, pray. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, go yeah. pray. <laughs> he, done, he, done, hey, he said he done preached. I know what I'm supposed to do. Uh, and so please join us um, next month. Next month, Kaya oh, yeah. um, will be on um, unwrapping spiritual gifts. I know we got a lot of gifts. We're talking about gifts. So next month, join us as we also deal with your gifts, okay? All right, so let us go to God in prayer. God, we want to thank you for tonight. Thank you for this awesome conversation, God. We thank you for those who have made it to be able to watch us, those who will go back and watch us. God, we thank you for your grace and your mercy, two sides of the same coin. So, God, we just want to thank you. And we thank you, God, for this man of God who is able to teach us exactly the differences, but also how you pour your grace and your mercy that covers us. And so for that, God, we just want to say thank you. As we leave this virtual space, God, we ask that you would continue to bless everyone and that everyone would just have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. We love you. We praise your name. Amen. 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 Thank you all for letting me share. And you all have a great Thanksgiving. Love you all. Y'all be safe. Okay. All right. Happy Thanksgiving. Love you, Pastor. Love you, everyone. All right. Bye bye. (laughs)